The views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, advertising partners, or ownership of Forever Communications. It's time for the Tri-State Sports Podcast, presented by Tyson Foods of Obion County and the Hawks Nest. Now, here are your hosts, John Thornton and Jordan Taylor. And welcome in. It is the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and the and Tyson Foods in Obion County on our first, first show of 2024. John Thornton, Jordan Taylor, thrilled to be joined for you for the first time in 2024 uh, all across our Facebook network of Facebook pages uh, for Sports 731, which includes the Froggy 99.3 Facebook page, the WENK WTPR Facebook page, the Union City Sports on Froggy 99.3 Facebook page, and of course the home Sports 731 Facebook page. You can listen back to the show this week on WENK on Thursday uh, in Jordan. A uh, new year and a bit of a new setup, obviously a new sponsor, which is going to trip us up multiple times throughout the pro- process of this show, I'm sure. Yeah, happy new year to uh, everyone out there. We appreciate you guys uh, giving us a couple weeks there to regroup, get ready for 2024, and obviously get excited about uh, what's to come here on the Tri-State Sports Program this year. And then obviously thank you to the Hawks Nest for for uh, carrying the sponsorship over into 2024. And we've added Tyson Foods of Obion County, so we appreciate them. Uh, coming on board as a sponsor of the program as well. Yeah, thrilled to have them with us, and uh, we'll have them obviously here as we proceed into 2024. Happy New Year, Merry Belated Christmas, and uh, hope all of you had a great holiday. Uh, We've got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, We've obviously got the college football season over, bowl season over. Uh, We have a national champion to discuss. We've got plenty of headlines to get into. We've got the NFL playoffs to start this weekend. Uh, Before we get into any of that, I want to remind you that you can follow me on Twitter at John underscore MT18. You can follow Jordan at JT, 18, JT underscore 1823. You can follow the Froggy handle at NWTN underscore Froggy. You can, te- you can tweet at us on the Sports731 handle at, at Sports731net and the text line at 731-885-9999. On the local basketball front, we'll start there. Mike Loden with his new West Tennessee basketball rankings are out on the boys' side. Fayetteware, Dyer County, Haywood, Union City, and Munford make up the top five. On the girls' side, Dyersburg, Gibson County, Huntington, Westview, and Chester County make up the girls as district play starting up around West Tennessee. Jordan, anybody in particular jump out to you from those top fives? And uh, what stood out to you from the Jackson scene so far uh, from your coverage? Yeah, I think, um, you know, looking at these rankings, these are definitely some strong teams, uh, whether it's the boys' action or the girls' action here. Um Man, uh, you know, you ask about this area and, and being able to cover this area so far this basketball season, a lot of really good basketball. Uh, it really has been. And, you know, having the opportunity to cover five schools um, and, you know, see some of these games in, in AAA. Um, I tell you, Chester County boys, uh, north side boys, um, south side boys, you know, and, and then the girls' side, it's, you know, Madison girls and uh, south side girls have really been the teams that have stood out the most to me. Um you know, I'm a little bit shocked that Chester's boys aren't in this mix as good as they played so far this year. Um, you know, they had a state state um, state tournament run last year. I think they'll make a run again this year. Uh, we'll see what happens down the stretch. But John, I think all across the board, and I think you can, you can talk about this as you can talk about this as well, John. Um, I think all across the board, we've seen a lot of really good ball across West Tennessee so far. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would definitely say with Union City, you've got Malachi Brooks, obviously, who continues to uh, 
just torture nets. And uh, Union City got <laughs> off to a bit of a rough start on uh, on Friday night. Uh, not, I mean, they got the win over South Fulton. Probably did not look as good as Coach Cisco would like for them to have looked. Um, girls playing in a really tough district. South Fulton, uh, that girls team is uh, primed and ready for for a big run. They've got a lot of experience, a lot of players back. Maddie Gray really impressed me. No points in the first half. She finished with twenty. Um, going back to your point, Jordan, though, Chester County, number nine in uh, Odom's rankings, just had the top five on there. So they, they, they are yeah. on there just a little further down. Um, but I'm really interested to see kind of how it unfolds up here in the, on the girls' side, Jordan. You know, we've talked about it so many times. You've got so many really good and talented teams up this way. Um, you mentioned Chester County, but uh, you look at this girls' thing. I mean, Westview, Huntington, Gibson County, three teams who expect to contend. Um, in double A, you've got Peabody in that district. Uh, Huntington's obviously not in that district anymore, but Westview, Gibson County, Peabody, all going to be in the same district. You've got Dyersburg, who is a heavy favorite uh, in triple A. And it just seems like every year, girls basketball in this area just continues to get better and better. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, it's it's continued to improve. And, you know, it, it's what really what West Tennessee, Northwest Tennessee in particular, is known for in, in the house in the basketball ranks. I mean, I would say I would argue that girls basketball has been more popular than boys as far as having really good teams each year in and year out. Um, you know, there are some really good boys teams as well, but uh, there's been a lot of really good girls basketball being played. No, no doubt about that. Uh, on the UT Martin front, the men currently sit nine and seven on the year, two and one in conference play. Uh, the women are five and nine, also two and one in conference play. Both teams hosting Western Illinois and Little Brock on Thursday and Saturday this weekend. So continue to keep an eye on them. Tennessee football wrapped up their season with a bang on New Year's Day, rang in the new year with a big 35 to nothing win over Iowa um, in the Cheez It Citrus Bowl. Um, and I saw the tweets, Jordan, just that Iowa offense is – I mean, we, we don't cover the Big Ten a lot because we're not in Big Ten country, but that Iowa offense is truly as bad as, as everyone has said it is. It is an abomination in the eyes of God and man. My gosh. I, I would not envy being a Hawkeye fan having to watch that. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. Just imagine having to watch that every Saturday. Um, I was watching the game and – Man, I, they couldn't do anything, and it was uh, it was really tough to watch. And proud of Tennessee. And what's funny is they won, you know, thirty five to nothing. And I thought they could have played a lot better. So that's a yeah, that's a good sign moving forward. Which obviously with with Nico's first start, you know, there were going to be some growing pains offensively. Uh, but the defense uh, having so many guys that are transferring or opting out, especially in the secondary. I thought the young secondary John played pretty well in that game. Yeah, the the defense in general. I mean, granted, the opponent was not very good. Uh, James Pierce. Great day for him. Strip sack and a uh, obviously a pick six. I mean, he pretty much directly led to 14 points on his own. Uh, you mentioned the start of the Nico era. Um, you know, obviously you said like you like you said some growing pains. I thought he held on the ball a little bit too long, and uh, you know uh, that kind of led to some sacks and some indecision making. But that's going to come as a true freshman. But I mean, for a guy who's in his first start against one of the, the best defenses in the country. 12 and 19, 151 yards, a touchdown, three rushing touchdowns, no turnovers. Um, certainly, if he continues on this on this uh, tra tra trajectory going into uh, 2024, a lot of things to be excited about, at least offensively for Tennessee. Yeah, and I think they're doing a nice job going out and, and getting some weapons. Obviously, he's bringing some weapons back as well, but they've done a nice job in the portal. 
Um, there's a lot of talent on this Tennessee team. I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be really fun to watch them offensively. Uh, J.W. Anthony's commented here. Thoughts on the balls in 2024 is Nico the man uh, for the balls. John, I'll let you kind of take that one. I know Nico had a like I said had a pretty good outing in his first game. Yeah, I mean uh, he's certainly the man in 2024, barring injury. Um, I think you know we. we I think he means like fans, I, been, I, I think he means is he going to live up to the hype? Like is he the guy? You know that everybody's saying he is. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the, the early signs are encouraging, but guys, uh, yeah. we're, we're Tennessee fans. We, we as a fan base, <laughs> we have a propensity to overreact. Um, yeah. We've never done that, Jordan. Never, ever. <laughs> guys, it's one game. Okay. And look, I'm we not did here to tell year. you. Yeah. I'm not here to tell you that it was, that we should not be excited, but you know, there's going to be lumps. He's still going to be virtually a freshman when he takes snaps next year. So it's not all going to look like Peyton Manning on day one. So, I mean, it, there's going to be some bumps in the road, but I, I think he, I mean, you certainly saw the reason he's making the NIL money he's making and, you know, why Josh Heifelin company want to build around him and want to continue to see him grow because all the tools are there. Uh, you know, people have compared him to, to Bryce Young in a bigger body, very smooth, very agile. I think you can see why those are there, and, and I think I think you have reasons. We have reasons to be excited. I, I think you have to temper your expectations, though. It's one game, guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, you know, last year in, in the Orange Bowl, Joe Milton had a phenomenal game, and uh, yes. obviously the height the height was uh, you know all around him going into this year. Um, you know, some people. I mean, I don't know you know how credible, but some people were saying that he would probably be in the Heisman race if Tennessee had a good year. Um, you know, and he obviously didn't have a bad year, but he wasn't he wasn't very good for I mean, he wasn't great, I guess. He was good, not great. Uh could have been better. And I think Nico will be fine. Um, you know, the way I look at next year, and maybe it's just because John, as you mentioned, being Tennessee fans, we kind of know how we've kind of learned how things go. Um I expect next year to be similar to this year. But that second year of Nico starting, I think, is when we should be right then. I'm not saying we can't make a run at the college football playoff next year. I think we can, um, but especially with it being 12 teams. But the year after that, that second year of him starting, I think, would be uh, the best chance to really, really do some damage. Yeah, and they've still got to, you know, obviously continue to hit in the portal, continue to hit in the uh, in recruiting and things like that. So. Um, but obviously, I would. I'm like you. I kind of think eight and four, nine and three would be really good next year for your first year with a freshman quarterback. Um, and obviously, you know the schedule is only going to get harder. Um, but you do get Alabama and Florida at home, which is favorable. Um, and so, I, I think you have reasons to be excited. I just would temper your expectations. Don't don't be going ten and two, twelve and zero. No, 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 no. no <laughs> calm down. Calm down. It's one yeah. game. Um, yeah. On the basketball front, the men's basketball team, since number five in the new AP poll, they crushed previously beaten Ole Miss on Saturday, so a big win for them. Uh, Jordan, your your NFL team's head coach in the Titans, Mike Vrabel's future, it continues to kind of be in limbo. It seems like they're still kind of meeting off and on with him. A lot of rumblings of New England interest if, if Bill Belichick were to be gone. Uh, where are you standing and what? how do you see this kind of playing out in Nashville right now? Yeah, um, you know, they, they uh, postponed his end-of-the-year press conference, which is very weird because uh, what I was reading into it, they don't typically do that, um, no matter the circumstances. Uh, that, that's usually something that gets done right away on the Monday after the final game. 
Um, they're postponing that, John, and they haven't really said when that would be. Maybe later this week could be as early as or could be as late as early next week. Uh, so interesting there. I think that's a little interesting because, I mean, what are you waiting on? There's really nothing to talk yeah. about. You had a bad year. Okay, you upset the Jags, kept them out. I get that. But um, get up there and, and let's recap the year. Let's move on if you're still going to be the guy. There is question marks around uh, the, the link to New England, um, and I could see it. I mean, I definitely could. Um, I think somebody, not I guess about two or three weeks ago, spotted him somewhere in Nashville wearing a Patriots hoodie at like a, a bar or something. I'm like, I get he played there, but when you're in your hometown and you're the coach of the home team, you probably don't need to wear that hoodie when you go out and you eat with your family. Not the best look, uh, especially still with the season going on. <laughs> I mean, that's not a very, very good thing either. Pouring gas on the fire. Yeah, I mean, it just it makes you think that there's more to it. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, uh, and I really don't know how I stand. And people are, I mean, people have asked me, you know, where do you stand on it? Well, how are you going to feel if he does leave? I haven't really been able to form an opinion yet. I haven't put an, enough thought into it yet uh, to really think about what would happen if he did leave, but I could see it happening. Yeah, uh, there's certainly a, a lot of smoke uh, in that. Uh, just before we went on our break, uh, the Grizzlies said we're going to get John Morant back. They had a good little run with him, 7-4. and four. And then last night I'm watching the national championship game, and it's like a gut punch. You read on Twitter, John Morant to undergo season-ending surgery on a torn labrum in his shoulder. And I was just sick to my stomach because things had looked a lot better in his return. And now I just – it just seems like it's going to crater. But I will say the silver lining is this probably puts you in the lottery, Jordan. And uh, maybe you can atone for some of the mistakes of, of this front office can of who they've drafted on the wing because they've drafted three wings over the last couple of years, David Roddy, Jake LaRavia, and Zaire Williams. And really only one of them has shown you they are worth anything more than a G League roster spot. So uh, I don't know. It's not good. It does not give me the warm and fuzzy, but uh, this this Grizzly season has just been off the rails pretty much from the start when you lost Steven Adams and then Marcus Smart's missed a ton of time and then obviously Jaw on the suspension. And uh, it's just been a disaster uh, to say the least so far. I think what I'd heard was uh, going into Saturday, maybe that the Grizzlies needed to win 60% of their games to finish 500 um, on the season. I mean, that's a question, I guess, for you, knowing the Grizzlies, do you think they can still win? About sixty percent of their games and finish five hundred on the year and have a shot. Not without John. No. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. Not without John. Yeah. Some good, some uh, good young John, pieces. Though. They've still got good young pieces. Yeah, it'll be a good growing year, but uh, I think the lottery, the lottery beckons. Uh, in some baseball offseason news, the Braves made a big trade. The, they traded Vaughn Grissom to the Red Sox for Chris Sale and cash considerations. Uh, the Braves also went ahead and extended sale to a two-year, $38 million extension. Cardinals hired former Red Sox president Chain Bloom, or Kime, I don't know how you say it, uh, for an advisory role in uh, their front office. Yesterday was uh, Black Monday in the NFL. Three teams were already uh, looking for new coaches. Two more fired their coaches. Uh, Ron Rivera out in Washington. And my personal favorite, Jordan, 12.02 a.m., just two minutes into Black Monday, and Arthur Smith gets fired in Atlanta. They literally could not wait to get rid of him. And fantasy managers who have Falcons players uh, rejoicing over <laughs> that. 
Um, in the the draft order is set for the top five in 2024. The Bears who have who will have the number one pick again this time via Carolina. The Commanders, Patriots, Cardinals, and Chargers will uh, draft after that. Dalvin Cook is out from the Jets and in with the Ravens after doing literally nothing with the Jets. And then Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale resigned. Anything jump out to you from uh, some of the headlines in the NFL? Really not a whole lot of shockers. Um, I think, you know, some people were trying to make an argument for Rod Rivera, uh, whether why he shouldn't be fired. But, I mean, I definitely understand the Arthur Smith situation. Um, and then looking at the draft order, I mean, it's, it's you know, the, the big question mark is what are the Bears going to do at the top? Yeah. I, I got a little proposition for you in that one uh, later. And we'll get we'll get into that in the stock market. Uh, some NBA headlines over the break: The Raptors traded OG Ananobi to the Knicks for RJ Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly and a second round pick uh, on New Year's Eve. The Pistons set a new NBA record with a 28 game losing streak, just brutal. Uh, and Draymond Green nearly retired in the midst of uh, all the discipline going on with him. Adam Silver wouldn't let him, and apparently Green is uh, nearing a return. Um, anything jump out from those headlines there, Jordan? Uh, just uh, how bad the Pistons had been over that stretch was incredible to watch. And then the Draymond games. Green. Do what? I said 28 games. Is just- yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Draymond Green, I mean, he, he needed to revamp and just hopefully he comes back and starts fresh. I guess that's yeah. the nicest I can be. That is that. That's a very nice way, very nice <laughs> way of putting it. Uh, the Dodgers continued on their big spending spree in the MLB. They signed Japanese pitching star uh, Yoshinbu Yamamoto, 12 years, $325 million. Uh, in some college football news, Florida State has already started the legal wheels of trying to get out of the ACC. Nebraska flipped five-star quarterback Dylan Riola from Georgia just before signing day. Oregon State and Washington State have made an affiliate deal with the West Coast Conference for non-football-related sports. And Tiger Woods – ending his 27-year partnership with Nike. Any of those jump out to you before we head to break? What is the reason for Tiger Woods doing that? I didn't see anything about that. I don't really know. I haven't seen a reason. It just kind of – it apparently had been rumbling, and then it came out, and he posted on his social media yesterday, and it's done. So he's gone. He's not a Nike athlete anymore. Wow. It's going to be different seeing uh, <laughs> him wearing something other than that, ain't it? <laughs> well – you got to think the red will still be out. It just will have a different logo on it. Just, just a different look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he'll do his own Tiger brand. You know, he already kind of had done a little bit of that. Um, so yeah. I, I, I don't know. But uh, interesting to say the least. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get into the college football playoff and as well some other offseason news in college football. Stay tuned. It's the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in Obion County. If you're looking for a place to sit back, relax, and have some fun, check out the Hawk's Nest in Martin. Each week, they have weekly specials, including $2 tacos on Tuesday, both beef and chicken. Also on Wednesday, check out the best wings in Weekly County with 50-cent wings at the Hawk's Nest. Thursday, karaoke and also deals on pizza and many other food items. Also on Friday and Saturday night, be sure to check out live music, DJs, karaoke, and more. And don't forget, folks, they're open on Sunday, so be sure to stop by and support your favorite teams as all the games will be on the tune at the Hawk's Nest. 105 Church Street in Martin. Segment two on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in Obion County. The college football season officially over, which is uh, 
Sad to say, but uh, we got a couple of really, really fun semifinal games in the college football playoffs. We'll start there. In the Rose Bowl, Michigan stops Alabama and Jalen Milrow at the goal line, 27-20 in overtime at the Rose Bowl. Um, Jordan, you know, watching this game, you felt like for the longest time, Michigan pretty much was in control with the exception of the third quarter but they never really could just find any way to get separation. I mean, they were all over Jalen Milrow, six sacks. They limited to him to 116 passing yards. J.J. McCarthy had a pretty nice day, 221 yards and three touchdowns and had that great drive there at the end. Um, special teams from Michigan were just an absolute mess. And then, you know, Bama kind of came back, and I kind of just kept thinking, oh, boy, here we go. Bama's going to find a way to win this game. Michigan, it was a fun first half. Thanks for playing. Um but then that big drive there to tie the game and send it to overtime, uh, you know, that was that's kind of the stuff for the DVD. And uh, obviously we'll get to more about them winning the, the national title last night. But uh, that was a fun game to watch. And, uh, you know, for the second straight year, we get a really good semifinal out of that. Yeah, it was. And I agree with you. I thought, you know, at several different times of the game that Michigan should be up more than they were. It really felt like they were controlling uh, the complete game the whole time. You never really felt like they were going to lose the game until that towards the end when Bama ties it up. Um, but it, it was very, very interesting to watch this game. I was interested in how how good Jalen Milrow would be on his feet. Um, would he be able to get out and run? Because um, I knew Michigan was going to bring pressure. I knew they were going to make it tough on him to throw. And I thought they would do a decent job stopping the Bama running game. Uh, and I figured Jalen Milrow would be the X factor. And I think they did a pretty good job. Uh, sacked him six times, which is very impressive. Um, but overall, I really, I really enjoyed this game. I thought it was a good game between two hard-nosed football teams, and yeah, that's pretty much all you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, this was a this was a dream start to that New Year's Day college football semifinal. Um, Blake Corum, you know, scores the touchdown, and that that stop at the goal line. Where where have you kind of fallen on this fourth and goal play? Because I mean, there were, I think both teams took their last time out there in overtime. Some people are saying it was supposed to be an RPO where he was where Milrow was going to have to throw it in the flat. Nick Saban saying no, it was a design run all the way. The low snap kind of threw everything off. Um, I just if that really if, if it was truly a design run, I just kind of think I would have wanted something more creative from Tommy Reese on fourth and my season on the line than a, a straight quarterback draw up the gut. What did you what did you kind of make of that last sequence? Yeah, I think it was, you know, designed to be quarterback power off tackle. And when you had the low low snap, I mean, you know, that messed up everything. If you look at the sky cam off ta off the left tackle, it's there. I mean, if he if you know if the if the snap's okay and he doesn't get tripped up, uh, maybe he has an opportunity to get in there. I don't mind it. I don't mind putting the ball in your best player's hands uh, with the game on the line. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm with you a little bit to give him the option to put somebody out there. I probably would have tried to possibly get him outside of the pocket to where he yes. can run and get in, or, you know, if something's open, he can dump it off. Um, but we know this playing the game and covering the game. When you get down there, it's so hard though. Everything's compacted. Um, and you don't have a lot of room to work with. I mean, it's, it's really hard to, to get that, get that ball in the end zone. It was practically a two point play because of where the ball was spotted. Um, and that was one of their two point plays that they were going to. So, I don't know. I stand on the side where I, I'm okay with it just because you're putting the ball in, in Milrow's hands, who who is your best player, and, you know, you're saying, hey, go get us a touchdown. And, and because of the snap, I think that had a lot to do with throwing the timing off of the play. Yeah, and they've had snap issues all year. Um, that had kind of been a reoccurring theme, and it reared its ugly head at the worst time. 
Um, and it was a monumental win for Michigan. Uh, in the other semifinal, in the Sugar Bowl, Washington holding off Texas 37-31. And, and this was another one, Jordan, where you felt like Washington pretty well controlled this game, even though it was tied at halftime. They kind of went back and forth, but Quinn Ewers really struggled to get going. Penix was just having one of those crazy nights, 430 yards, two touchdowns, just throwing dots all over the place. I really didn't understand why Texas went against went away from the run game so early. I mean, they were really running the football well, and obviously, you know, we'll get more into this in a minute, but Michigan obviously saw the tape and said, we're fine running the ball. Um, and, you know, to Texas's credit, when Washington had chances to really blow this thing open, they held them to field goals. And then it gets weird there at the end with the injury to Dylan Johnson that saved about 40 seconds a clock. Texas gets a chance down there. They hit a big pass play. And, I mean, all of a sudden – it's right there for Texas. Um, but Washington, who has not really been known as a pressure team, the pressure and Quinn Ewers kind of caught up to him, Jordan, and they ended up making the stand there at the end. Yeah, well, the Washington uh, defense came up big to, to there at the end to end that game. Um, I was with you. I, I don't know why you don't hand it off. I mean, keep handing the ball off. That was, that was working early in the game, and uh, obviously the Washington defense was struggling to stop the run. You know, going into this one, the, I thought it would be a shootout. You know, I thought Washington would win the game um, just based off my opinion. I thought they might have the ball last or close to the end of the game. And I knew Michael Penix would have a little extra added motivation after finishing runner up in the Heisman running. Um, but, you know, he goes for 430 and a couple scores, had a great night. And obviously that didn't – it wasn't the same last night for him. But it, this this was a lot – this was a really good game. Um, and I enjoyed watching it. But I do think if Texas sticks with the run more, especially early in the game, they probably have an opportunity to open up a lead. Yeah, and turnovers really caught up to them, too. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, you know, and we talk about Steve Sarkeesian as this great play caller, and he is a great play caller, but sometimes you you get a little too cute. And I think he, you know, with all the misdirection and all the screen game and all that stuff, I mean, man, sometimes it's very simple. If you run the ball, Washington hadn't shown they could stop it. And then you get in a situation you have to throw it, you know, when, you, when you're down a couple scores late. And uh, so, you know, but we got two great playoff games. We got two games that literally came down uh, to the final play. And, you know, Quinn Ewers, as much as he struggled, did give them a shot uh, late in the game. But Washington makes the stand, which led to last night's national title game, Michigan versus Washington. Uh, two undefeated teams, one versus two. And, you know, it ended up kind of, I mean, Jordan, in a way, kind of being a bit of a dud after watching those two semifinal games. Um, Michigan jumps out 17-3. They're running the ball well. You're thinking this is going to get ugly and ugly quick. Uh, and to Washington's credit, kind of hung around. They hung around. They were able to get it down to 17-10 to or 20. Yeah, 17-10 to at halftime, I think. Uh, they kind of tightened up against the run game. But the pressure on Michael Penix and, and Washington, I mean, it just felt like so many drops and so many just miscues by Penix. That pressure by Michigan – really kind of, I think, got Washington's offense all out of sync. And uh, by the end, Michigan was able to run away with it a couple of touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They pull away and win it 34-13, 303 yards on the ground for the Wolverines, um, their first national title since 1997. Blake Corum became the first player with a rushing touchdown in each of his team's 15 games since Derrick Henry um, and Michigan, who we, we had kind of talked about, even though the schedule had uh, been very favorable to them, 
they dominated pretty much everyone they played, and they, I mean, a worthy national champion, Jordan. Yeah, they are. And, you know, for some people, I've, I've seen several people saying it was kind of, a, you know, just a dud game, a boring game. Um, to me, though, with it being a seven-point game with about seven and a half minutes left before Michigan yep. scores to go up 27-13, I thought it was a pretty decent game. I thought what was the most impressive was the fact that Washington stuck in the game when the, this game should have been – the way Michigan was playing in the first half, this game should have been over at halftime. I mean, and it yep. was a seven-point game. And, uh, you know, some of that was Jim Harbaugh rolling the dice at midfield roughly to go for it and giving Washington the ball back, and then they score before halftime. And it's really a two-for-one because they're getting the ball out of half, and they're down seven. So you feel good about that if you're a Husky fan. Um, but, you know, the, the story of this, I mean, we going into this, we talked about the Washington offense against the Michigan defense. That was the matchup everybody was watching, how, how good could Michigan's defense hold up. They did. They, they held them to 13 points. They had a heck of a game. But to me, more of the story in the first half was the Michigan offense and this offensive line and the rushing attack against this Washington defense and the way that they really ran the ball and, you know, controlled the pace of the game throughout the whole first half and really just big-bodied them. I mean, they, they knew they were better up front, and, and they showed that. And, you know, Washington's offense line had won the offense line of the year, and I think Michigan's offense line took that personal after winning it back-to-back years. So um, it was it was really fun to watch this uh, this Michigan rushing attack and what they were able to do in the first half. Yeah, and I mean it opened up some play action. JJ McCarthy hit some big yeah. throws when they needed him to. Um, you know he's I think the record's now twenty seven and one. I mean you, you you know I know the guy's numbers never just wow you, but he wins. Uh, he he finds ways to win games. You know they, they talk so much about this team and a leadership uh, the, the the veteran leadership of this team with JJ McCarthy and Blake Corum and and guys like that that have been there. And it, fin- it finally finishes the job that, uh, you know, we've seen so many, uh, you know, we've seen them talk about for so many years now. And, I mean, this was uh, – I saw Cole Kublik put out this little note uh, last night on Twitter, which I thought was wild. Pure dominance for Michigan this year, obviously, finished with five offensive turnovers and f- just 45 penalties on the season. That is a recipe – for winning football. I mean, and again, we know the schedule, but even when it mattered, even when they played the, the top competition, they they did everything that was asked of them, 15 and 0, and it was a dream season. Yeah, and where do they rank? What do they rank in the all-time college football national champs for you, John? Uh I don't know. I would certainly I still think having behind that 19 LSU team, probably behind one of the Clemson teams. Um I don't know that I would have them, you know, way up there in the top five, but uh, you know, give me some time, maybe in the top ten. But uh, I think really good team, no doubt. No, yeah, no. I think going fifteen and zero in the college football that we know today is pretty impressive. I mean, I know what yeah. else is going on outside, and there's going to be, you know, where they helped to go fifteen and zero because of the sign stealing or whatever people yes. want to say. But regardless, on the field, fifteen and zero, this day and age is pretty impressive. Yeah. Back-to-back years, we've had a team go 15-0. and uh, And it's ha- yeah. it happened, I think, four times in the CFP era. I think Clemson did it once. I think Alabama may have done it once. Uh, and then Georgia. And then, obviously, now Michigan. So, uh, congratulations to them. And now uh, all eyes go to Jim Harbaugh. And if he uh, if he's done, you know, because I, I was kind of telling people before, Jordan, if they want it, I think the odds of him going pro are infinitely more likely than if they lose. Because if they lose – Maybe he wants to come back and finish the job, but now he finished the job. There's not really much else for him to do at Michigan. 
So all eyes kind of are on the waiting game of if he's going to the NFL. Yeah, I think he's gone. I thought I think he was gone either way. Um, I mean, he got him to the title game, which was one step further than what you know they did last year, and then they win it on top of that. As you just said, that's just that's just extra on top. It's like the cherry on top. The fact that he actually won it instead of just getting there. Um, yeah, I, I think he's done. I mean, with everything else going on, uh, I just think it's the right time and. There's finally some NFL jobs open that I know he's that you know he's been linked to be interested in. Um, so this this will be uh, this will be fun to watch. But I, I do think Harbaugh coached his last game, and what a way to go out! Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we might maybe get into that a little bit more in the uh, the stock market. The transfer portal did not stay quiet over the break. Uh, several notable names on the move: Dante Moore, the former five-star quarterback at UCLA, goes to Oregon. Malik Murphy from Texas headed to Duke. Texas A&M's Walter Nolan goes to Ole Miss. Trevor Etienne, we talked about him. He officially committed to Georgia. USC five-star defensive back Damani Jackson heads to Alabama. K.J. Jefferson of Arkansas goes to UCF. Clemson slash Oregon State quarterback DJU headed for Florida State. Julian Fleming from Ohio State. He's a wide receiver headed to Penn State. Uh, Kansas State quarterback Will Howard goes to Ohio State. Malachi Nelson from USC to Boise. Uh Miami lands an FCS transfer from Albany. Reese Poffenbarger and hotly sought after quarterback Cam Ward is off to the NFL. Some other names that are still out there, Texas A&M wide receiver Evan Stewart. He's had some links to Tennessee. Uh, Florida State quarterback Tate Rodemaker's out there. Arizona quarterback Jaden Delora. Alabama center Seth McLaughlin is in the portal. Uh, Ole Miss running back Quinshawn Judkins and Maryland quarterback Talia Tungavailoa. Any of those kind of jump out to you, Jordan, uh, from the transfer portal right now? I think I saw where Alabama center had committed to Ohio State, um, which is kind of funny. Now you need to watch Ohio State and see what – if they're going to have bad snaps yeah. next year uh, because he really struggled this year. Uh, but there there are a lot of good, lot of good names there. I think we're going to see this every year. Uh, I know Evan Stewart, a lot of his family were, were big Tennessee fans, so we'll see if the A&M receiver comes over to Rocky Top. Yeah, and I know Tennessee's been linked to uh, several uh, – uh, several offensive linemen in the portal, too, which is certainly something they need Thank to be looking at. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins, that was kind of a surprise that broke uh, last week, Jordan. Where, where do you <laughs> I mean, what's the market for him? I mean, uh, where do you think he's headed? I'm laughing because it's like, did they give out all their NIL money and now they don't that's have any? I, I mean, the guy that's on the team, I mean, is that so? It's, I, I don't know. I mean, he's a good back. I mean, is he just playing? That's another question to bring up with this. Are, they, are a lot of these guys just going to play this this game to see how what the bidding war is? I think that could be some of it for him. He's just trying to see what he can get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's I mean, he's a really good player, so he'll probably uh, go get a bag uh, somewhere else. Um, some quick bowl results elsewhere before we take another break. USC gets a nice win, even with so many people out over Louisville in the Holiday Bowl. Uh, Kansas State wins the Pop-Tart Bowl and also gets to eat America's favorite mascot, who also happens to be edible. Uh, Arizona torches Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. Missouri shuts down Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Ole Miss all over Penn State in the Peach Bowl. And Georgia absolutely destroys uh, opt-out plagued FSU 63-3 in the Orange Bowl. Any uh, Any of those you want to touch on before we head to break? Obviously, everybody's been talking about Georgia, Florida State, so I won't spend a lot of time there. But that Missouri Ohio State game was just boring. I mean, that was just hard to watch. Um, I don't know that I've seen a, a more boring Cotton Bowl, to be honest yeah. with you. Did you enjoy the Pop Tart mascot? 
I did. I did. I, I know a guy that enjoyed it more, and that's that's Alex Northcutt, who is like a – I don't know if you know this, John. This man's a diehard Pop-Tart fan. His Facebook oh. profile picture had Pop-Tarts in it. Um, so, like, he was – I'm talking Pop-Tart gear. This is – he's all in on it. So, he loved the fact that they got that much attention. He's oh, a diehard so he, he is part of the – he is part of the marketing team for, for them. He basically. is. He eats a Pop-Tart every morning. Every morning. Wow. It's wild. I know. Big time. Alex Northcutt, big time uh, Pop-Tart, Pop-Tart fan. Go check out his new show, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe he'll talk about Pop-Tarts tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> he does. He does talk about Pop-Tarts a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get into the final week of the NFL, as well as take a look ahead to this weekend's Super Wild Card Weekend. Stay tuned. It's the Tri-State Sports Program presented by Tyson Foods in O'Brien County and the Hawks Nest. Northwest Tennessee and Western Kentucky, it's time for a career change, and we know the perfect place for you. Tyson Foods in Obion County. Tyson Foods is hiring, and it's easy to apply. Just stop by and see the friendly staff at the Tyson Foods Hiring Center in Union City. Tyson is currently hiring for general production and many other positions, and they are looking to fill all shifts. Come see the team at the Tyson Hiring Center, located off Real Foot Avenue in Union City. The Hiring Center is open Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. Come be a part of the Tyson team. Tyson Foods is an equal opportunity employer, including disability and veterans. Segment three on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward. I, I'm sorry, Tyson Foods in O'Brien County. I, got, I told you we were going to have a screw-up. Hey, but we, this is a good moment to give a thank you to Jerry Ward, who spent a yes. lot of time sponsoring this show. We greatly appreciate that. Yes, thank you, Jerry. Um, we're happy to have Tyson with us, but thanks to Jerry. It, it, again, yeah. old habits die hard. New year. Yeah. It's like when you're trying to write 23 instead of 24 when you're dating things. Um, we're getting there, but uh, the Hawks Nest in Tyson Foods in O'Brien County. Uh, week 18 in the NFL. Let's go look at that. As uh, had several playoff spots still up for grabs heading into the weekend, and now we have our 14 teams in the postseason. On Saturday, two games. The Steelers beat the Ravens 17 to 10. Pretty much everyone rested, but uh, T.J. Watt was injured for the Steelers, and Jordan, I just saw where he is listed as out uh, for their wild card game this weekend, so that is an enormous loss uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, The Texans hold off my Colts 23-17. I I don't know, Jordan. I I don't know what happened to Jonathan Taylor. I guess he got put into witness protection on a fourth and one play with your season on the line. Um, (laughs) I had to text you. I'm sorry. I I I had to. No, it's okay. It's okay. And I told you pretty much what I told everybody. I, I did not – I didn't even mind the play call. The play call, I mean, it, it's there. But why are you choosing to throw to a guy with six receptions all season? A guy who probably is more like a practice squad player than than your all-pro running back who's over there sucking on a water bottle. Look, the guy has rushed for 188 yards on the night. They haven't stopped him. Like, live or die with him if, if you – you know, I, mean, I just – I was and look, I love Shane Steichen. He went a great year with him. We, I, it was. I mean, look, I know we didn't make the playoffs, but man, it was a revival of sorts this year, just to be competitive again. I can accept that, but he gets Good a little year. too cute, and I, I just, I, I was baffled by it. It's one thing if you run it on fourth and one, and they stop Jonathan Taylor. You tip the cap, okay, you hate it, but all right, you lost. But, but I just, I was so baffled with that decision to throw to. Goodison, Goodson. I don't even. I mean, look. I don't even know the guy's name. I, I, I mean, I'm watching the game, and I, I told I told my buddy I'm watching the game with the last guy I remember to wear 31 for the Colts was Donald Brown. 
who got cussed out by Peyton Manning. I mean, like, I just I, – I don't know, man. I, I don't know. But any thoughts on those two games uh, before we move into Sunday? Yeah, I mean, uh, the same with the Colts. I mean, I thought they had a great chance to to win this game. Um, I mean, they had a lot of opportunities. But, you know, what, what the Texans – I think both stories are good, John, the way that the yeah. Colts bounce back. And for those that may be listening to the program that don't typically listen or maybe you're starting a new podcast in 2024, John is a Colts fan. I think we uh we, we know that by now. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh but but it was uh it was interesting to watch the game because you know, you think about where those two teams have been and and now you're sitting there fighting for an opportunity to get in the playoffs. And it, it was even being a fan of a team in the South who uh, that's why I had to take a little dig at you because my team was awful uh <laughs> all season long. Uh but it, it was fun and I, I think watching this game, thinking about the stories and thinking about how the the coaches come in, both the first-year head coaches, I believe. I mean, yep. Houston as well. I mean, this is a heck of a job to be in that spot, to even have an opportunity. And Colts with a backup quarterback, um, you know, the Texans with a rookie quarterback. It was uh, it was a lot of fun to watch this, and it was a great game between both teams. And I'm I'm excited to watch Houston in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, I mean, I saw I saw a thing today that said the last four teams who have made the playoffs after going from worst in their division to first in their division. They all went on to make the Super Bowl. Two of them won it, and two of them lost it. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. Houston uh, it does Super feel Bowl. like it does feel like in the AFC beyond Baltimore, it, it feels wide open. It does. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll kind of get we'll kind of get to that uh, here in a second. The early games on Sunday: the Bengals beat the resting Browns thirty-one to fourteen. That clinched a winning record for every team in the AFC North. That's the first division to do that since the nineteen thirties. Uh, the Lions finished the regular season with a 30 – or they pick up the win, 30-20 uh, to 20 over the Vikings, but they lose Sam Laporta uh, to an injury. The Tennessee Titans stun the Jags 28-20. to 20. They eliminate Jacksonville, whose collapse is complete, and the Texans win the division by proxy of that. Um, Jags were 8-3 about a month and a half ago, and they will finish 9-8. and eight. That is pretty remarkable. Uh Final game, perhaps, for Derrick Henry in Tennessee. We'll let Jordan kind of speak to that here in a minute. It's certainly uh, everything kind of indicated that. Uh, the Jets beat the Patriots 17-3, their first win over New England since 2018. Uh, the Saints destroy the Falcons 48-17. Saints players revolt on Dennis Allen so they can score a touchdown for Jamal Williams. And the Bucks shut out the Panthers 9-0. They win the NFC South for the third straight year. Baker Mayfield gunning it out, but the Bucks are back in the postseason. So, Jordan, where do you want to go with this early window slate? How bad is the NFC South? I mean, horrific. <laughs> what, what a tough year for that division. That's some bad football. I mean, They've been bad forever. That division we'll, stinks. We'll see what the Bucks can do uh, with Baker Mayfield. Obviously, you know, if you can't make the playoffs, playing spoilers the next best thing. Best thing, and that's what the Titans did: beat the Jags and. The Jags collapse was similar to my fantasy collapse. I was seven and one and dropped six straight. So uh, it's uh, it, it, it's brutal. I understand how they're feeling. Obviously, that's a much larger scale for them. Um, to answer your question, yes, I, I do think this is the last game for Derrick Henry uh, uh, with the Titans. I think he's done all he can do, and obviously, I'm I'm ready and excited for him to have an opportunity to go to a, a, a team that's Super Bowl ready now. Um, because I think I think he could really contribute and on a really good team. And all I can keep thinking in the back of my mind, and I don't know how they get any better. Um, but think about a backfield with Lamar Jackson and Derrick Henry. I mean, that would be you know how fun that would be. 
that'd be really fun to watch. Um, but 22, we appreciate you, brother. Uh, you did everything you could do for us. And, you know, we had some really good runs. Credit to him uh, and also Tannehill. I mean, I know a lot of people are talking negative about Tannehill, but he did a lot of great things for the Titans as well. And I think both are on their way out, and it's time to rebuild um, with the Tennessee Titans. And um, I just don't think that the Titans will pay Derrick Henry what he's going to want to stay. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see what he can get because, you know, we, we talked about it earlier in the season, the the market for running backs and teams are becoming less and less willing to pay big money to them. And Derrick Henry certainly a guy, you know, I know he's 30 and that's the magic number for running backs, um, but uh, he's certainly still a guy that looks like he has plenty left yes. in the tank to help yes. help a team. Yeah. So, I, <laughs> I don't know. That's going to be an interesting uh, thing for teams to balance. And he doesn't have a lot of uh, injury history. So. Yeah, not really. Uh, yeah. He's had a couple, but not – Yeah, but not, nothing not, crazy. Not yeah. yeah. Uh, in the uh, late window, the Raiders beat the Broncos 27-14. That ends the season for both of those teams. The Giants destroy the Eagles 27-10 to as Philly uh, just continues to fall apart. No idea what's going on there. Uh, the Packers clinched the final NFC playoff spot. They beat the Bears 17-9. Seahawks beat the Cardinals 21-20. Chiefs escaped the Chargers 13-12, resting a lot of guys there. The Rams beat the 49ers 21-20. 49ers resting a lot of guys. Uh, Puka Nakua set a, a new rookie record for receptions and receiving yards. Congratulations to him. And Dallas all over Washington 38-10, and they clinched the NFC East and the number two seed in the NFC. What jumps out to you from that late window there? Yeah, you know, I think uh, this that late window, first of all, the Chiefs the Chiefs look awful. I mean, I, I think that this is one of the worst yes. teams they've they've this is the worst they've looked going into the postseason in a long time. And I mean it's just, it's really hard to watch them right now. I mean it, it really is. I don't know how any Chiefs fan can go we're ready to make a run. I mean you can't win it with just Mahomes and Kelsey. Maybe I'll bite that bullet John in a month when we're sitting here talking about them winning it with just them. I don't know. I don't see a way that they make a run with with what they're putting on the field right now. Um No, I don't you know, I think the Packers needed help, ended up getting in there. Um that's somebody what can they do uh from a low seated spot. And then the Cowboys. You know, they win 12 games again. The hype's there. You know, everybody hypes them up this time of year, every year. You know, do they make a run? Is this the year they make a run? I think Dak looks better than previous years. I think we can say that. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the Cowboys win one. Don't know if they can make a run, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to the seedings here in a second. And <laughs> because then Sunday, you had Sunday night football. Uh, which affected a lot of that. The Bills continue to torment the Dolphins. They come from behind 21-14, and the Dolphins, who have had a lackluster second half, uh, kind of fall apart. Their offense goes totally stagnant. Injuries really starting to hurt them as well. Tua throws a late pick, and then obviously the Bills got a big punt return um, to shift all the momentum. And the Bills win the AFC East title. They steal it away from the Dolphins. I think they said third or fourth straight year uh, the Buffalo has won this division. Um, so they continue to dominate that. So let's take a look. It is Super Wild Card Weekend on uh, or over the weekend. Saturday, two games. You've got the Browns at the Texans. Over the it's the five at the four and three thirty on NBC, and then on Peacock. Uh, Tua and his miserable record in the cold goes to what is expected to be a very chilly Arrowhead Stadium. Seven fifteen on Peacock on Saturday night. 
Uh, Sunday, the banged-up Steelers with Mason Rudolph now go to Orchard Park to take on the Bills at 12 o'clock on CBS. The Packers, and hoping that Jordan Love uh, conjures the ghost of Aaron Rodgers to upset the number two Cowboys at 3.30 on Fox on a Sunday. And then the storyline, I mean, the storyline of this one. I mean, you got all kinds of great storylines this weekend, Jordan. And I know you can probably touch on a few here. Matthew Stafford and the, the number six seeded Rams go to his former team in the NFC North champion Lions in primetime on NBC on Sunday night. And then I don't know who made the executive decision to stick the Eagles and the Bucks on Monday night football on ESPN for the wild card weekend, but that individual was out of their mind. But uh, thoughts on this schedule, thoughts on these games, Jordan, and, and some of the storylines that uh, are expected to pop up. Yeah, I mean, you've got six games here, and you've got four, which are kind of return parties, I guess, or, you know, kind of have a lot of headlines around them. I know Deshaun Watson's not playing, but going back to Houston with Joe Flacco as yep. the starting quarterback, I mean, you look at the Dolphins, you got Tyreek going back to Kansas City. Um, mm -hmm. You know, then you got the Packers, McCarthy's, you know, coaching against his uh, his former team, hosting the Packers, and Matt Stafford with the Rams back to Detroit. I mean, do you want storylines, John? Is this Does this make it seem scripted? Just oh, not, It's not scripted at all. It's not scripted at all. There are some really good games here. Um, you know, some teams, just because I like to, to be fun here, and we've had some bad teams. Um, I'm watching the Browns and the Lions because, I mean, they've been awful. And, you know, yes. what can what can Joe Flacco do with the Browns in the postseason? Uh, that's something I'm watching. And then also, I mean, I know we can talk about the, the big names, but I'm interested to watch the Lions as well. they got the Rams first in Detroit, um, and we'll see what kind of run they can make. But I, I think this is a great slate of games. It's, it's really wild to me how going into the last weekend, the Bills, there were scenarios where the Bills could be out or be the two, and they end up being the two. So it's it's wild how this worked out. Uh, I mean, they're the team. I mean, it's crazy to think they have quietly caught fire down the stretch. I mean, quietly, they've won, what, five, six in a row now? Um, I, I mean, so two kind of feels fitting because, you know, like I told you, you know, we, we were kind of talking about it just now. I'm not really worried about the Chiefs. The Chiefs look awful. Uh, go ahead, John. We got, we got breaking news. Go ahead, though. Go ahead. Oh, you got breaking news. Yeah, go ahead if you want to finish. Go ahead. No, I'll, I'll finish in a minute. Go ahead. Mike Vrabel has been fired by the Tennessee Titans. Whoa! Schefter bomb? Schefter bomb. Schefter bomb. So your immediate reaction to that. Go ahead. Live on the show right now. Has it ever happened has that ever happened to us? Usually these things happen like right after we get done. And then we have to, oh. we have to wait a week. We're cleaning house, man. That's all I can say. That means that <laughs> that means everybody's good. That means Henry's – we're not re-signing Henry. Obviously, Tannehill's walking. They're fixing to start from the ground up. And, look, there was some talk that there was issues between Rand and Mike. And, obviously, obviously there is. So, Wow. I don't know Damn. what to say. I'm sorry to cut you off in your mid-thought, but I, I mean, I, I saw that come through, and I'm like, "Holy cow!" No, you're you're so. good, man. That's big news, big breaking yep. news. Yeah. Uh, but now going back to the AFC, I mean, look, Dolphins and Chiefs. Neither one of them seem to me serious as a threat to to make it this year. I, I don't really know how much stock I put in the Browns or the Texans. I or seriously don't even have any stock in the Steelers. So I mean, the Bills and the Ravens really are the only two. Um, 
I see that look primed for a run, and I still lean Ravens on that. I mean, in the NFC, uh, a little bit different. Uh, like you got the Cowboys that, that are amped up. I think you got the Lions. I, I you know obviously San Francisco, and I just I can't figure out what's going wrong in Philly. I mean, on paper they should be in that conversation, but they have just so vomited on themselves down the stretch. Um, so what, what do you what do you kind of make of, of of some of the of seeing how some of these teams can make a run? Yeah, I'm trying to trying to gather my thoughts here. Um, <laughs> that's just wild to me. I, I wasn't expecting that. I thought they would do everything else and give him some more some more opportunities. But looking at some of these teams here, I think the team that's obviously in the AFC that's built for the run, that's built the best, is the Ravens. Ravens. I mean, they're the team that's going to be the favorite. But it, I mean, if the 49ers and the Ravens are healthy, I don't know how they're not the the. I know they're the one seeds. I don't know how they're not the favorite. I mean, they're they're both loaded. Um, and w- when they're at their best, they're they're unbelievable. I mean, they're they're going to be tough to stop. Um, yeah. My Super Bowl prediction, though, I think the Lions. I think the Lions come out of the NFC, man. I, I do. I think they. Wow. I think they're built for the postseason. They got a coach, just that hard nosed coach. They've got the team to do it. Um, give me the Lions and the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Wow. Why not? Something different. I'm going to do this. No, I'm not doing it. I, I, can't, I can't. I'm just going to take the safe bet. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to throw the chalk. I'll say Bills 49ers. How about that? I'll say Bills. Bills are hot. Usually when you get hot this time of year, you know, the Ravens have that bye week, so I don't know how that's going to affect them. Bills. What's just because the Bills just because they're hot. I mean, I, I can respect that. Yeah, I, respect yeah, I mean, that. they're they're hot right now. That that just it seems to favor them. Um, but I, I was very close to thinking about the Cowboys, but then I realized they're the Cowboys and they will they will choke inevitably uh, somewhere down the line. So I had to kind of remind myself this is Dallas we're talking about. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll take a little bit look at a little bit of a look into the stock market. We'll wrap up the show after this. The Tri-State Sports Program, brought to you by Tyson Foods in O'Brien County and the Hawk's Nest. If you're looking for a place to sit back, relax, and have some fun, check out the Hawk's Nest in Martin. Each week, they have weekly specials, including $2 tacos on Tuesday, both beef and chicken. Also on Wednesday, check out the best wings in Weekly County with 50-cent wings at the Hawk's Nest. Thursday, karaoke and also deals on pizza and many other food items. Also on Friday and Saturday night, be sure to check out live music, DJs, karaoke, and more. And don't forget, folks, they're open on Sunday, so be sure to stop by and support your favorite teams as all the games will be on the tune at the Hawk's Nest. 105 Church Street in Martin. Northwest Tennessee and Western Kentucky, it's time for a career change, and we know the perfect place for you. Tyson Foods in Obion County. Tyson Foods is hiring, and it's easy to apply. Just stop by and see the friendly staff at the Tyson Foods Hiring Center in Union City. Tyson is currently hiring for general production and many other positions, and they are looking to fill all shifts. Come see the team at the Tyson Hiring Center, located off Real Foot Avenue in Union City. The Hiring Center is open Monday through Friday from 8 to 5. Come be a part of the Tyson team. Tyson Foods is an equal opportunity employer, including disability and veterans. Final segment of the show today on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in Obion County. When we don't have picks to talk about, that's when we do this thing called the stock market. We throw out different takes, uh, predictions, lists, and uh, are we buying or are we selling or where do we kind of fall on this topic? I saw, we'll start with this take that I saw, Jordan, uh, floated around by two different individuals in ESPN media. Um, 
you have Kirk Herbstreet on the one hand saying the national title game should be at the Rose Bowl every year. And then Stephen A. Smith is out there saying they should move the Rose Bowl to SoFi Stadium. Who are you buying on this topic? He says the Rose Bowl should be moved to SoFi Stadium? Yes. Okay. All right. So the Rose Bowl obviously has a lot of tradition where it is. And I can definitely understand getting behind the tradition and, you know, everything that's that the Rose Bowl brings. But the experience for the fan at the Rose Bowl have not been, but I've read this argument on Twitter and, and Facebook and other places. It's not very good. The uh, hmm. The facilities are not good. The concession area is not good. The bathrooms are nasty. Uh, everything's old and outdated. So I like the the way the field looks, and obviously everything we see on TV, man, it looks great. But I think if they made some updates um, – Kirk Herbstreit would have a good argument. I lean more Kirk here just because of the history of the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I, I, I threw I threw Stephen A's take out immediately. Uh, one, you're going to keep you're going to even if the Rose Bowl is not the national championship game every year, you're keeping it there until you no longer can. Uh, I lean more with Kirk too. I mean, maybe I mean I've never been there, so I don't really know. But it's I mean it's a bucket list thing. Everybody, I think anybody that's a college football fan wants to get out there at some point just to get that experience. Um, and, I mean, it just feels when you watch it on TV like a national championship caliber game, anyway. Um, so I, I agree with you. I think they have to make some updates, but uh, I, I would lean. I, I'm buying Kirk on this. All right, in the NFL, we talked about Chicago. They have the number one pick. Chicago should trade Justin Fields and get more assets and take a new quarterback at number one. You buying, you selling, you keeping Justin Fields. This has been tough for me because you haven't really helped him a lot. I mean, he does have some talent on that offense, but not a ton. Um, I, but I'm going to I'm gonna make this decision off what I think they'll do, and I think they're going to move on from him. I think the flashiness of having the number one pick, they're gonna. There's a. This is a quarterback heavy draft. They're gonna find somebody they like. Um, so yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll move on from Justin Fields. May I throw out a, a location destination or a destination suggestion? Atlanta. Who's the head coach though? That's a good question. That's a good yeah. point. I mean, yeah. I just think uh, you look at that offense. Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke ain't it. But you got Bijan, you got Drake London, you got Kyle Pitts, you got guys that can that are you know that are weapons on that offense that Arthur Smith clearly didn't know how to use. But you get the quarterback in there, that that could be a dangerous uh, dangerous grouping. So I, I think I think I would buy that. I, I do think you know get more assets from what you can get for Justin Fields, and you can you can get the guy you want because I mean they haven't extended him yet, so maybe, yeah. maybe they will. I, I don't know. Uh, one topic we did not really get a chance to talk about because we were gone and uh, obviously we had so much else to talk about. Obviously, Russell Wilson got benched with about two weeks left in the season because of his albatross of a contract. Denver has all but said they're releasing him uh, when the new league year starts in March. So buy or sell that Russell Wilson will never be a starting quarterback in the NFL again. Not going to buy that because I think he'll probably start a few games somewhere. I don't know that he'll be the dude for anybody. Um, but I don't think it'll be in Denver, obviously. And I, I think it's uh, it's going to be really interesting to watch them pay him all this money. And it's just going to be uh, it's going to be wild to watch what happens with Russell Wilson down the stretch. But no, I, I'll sell it just because I do think he ends up starting somewhere. 
It's I'm going to sell too. I think somebody will be desperate enough to to try to get him in, but it will be a team friendly deal. It will not be a albatross of a deal like Denver gave him, um, which they will be paying off. It'll be it'll be it'll be Russell Wilson day for for years to come in the NFL. I guess like it's Bobby Bonilla day. Uh, last one, Jordan. Before we wrap up, I mentioned I, I thought we could we could get into this a little bit. Jim Harbaugh, future coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, buy or sell? I'm buying that because I think that makes the most sense. They're the team that's got um, the quarterback in place. They've got the talent in place. I think he rolls in there and he's fine. He's got a young quarterback in Justin Herbert. Uh, if you look at the other the other teams, uh, not a whole lot of great quarterback play, more of a rebuild situation. I think they're going to want to roll Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh is going to want to take a, a job that's that's ready now. So I, I'm going to buy that. I'll buy too. I, I'm, all the reasons you said, but he's also a West Coast guy. Obviously, a lot of connections to Stanford and San Francisco, and and being out from that way. Obviously, some connections have him even going to Vegas. But uh, clearly, he wants to go west. Um, and uh, I I think that makes the most sense. And like you said, a lot of uh, a lot of good pieces in place there. Uh, be sure to tune in this week. Sports Seven Three One Network High School basketball coverage. Union City goes to Dresden tonight. Lake County is at Union City on Friday. Jordan and Alex will have JCM at Liberty on Friday night. That's going to do it for our show here today. For myself, John Thornton, and Jordan Taylor. Happy New Year again from us, and good good morning and God bless from the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Tyson Foods in O'Brien County.